podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Pint of Football, the nation's 7,843rd favourite football podcast hosted by white 30-something men. With a fleeting and poorly informed interest in cryptocurrency, it's Daz Napton. And a man whose father probably considers this show a profound waste of time, your host, Tom Meadowcroft. What are we doing today, Daz? What we're doing today, we're carrying on our globetrotting success as we look to give listeners a flavour of football around the world. And I'm not just talking about the World Cup. I'm not talking about Copa America, the Premier League. What I'm talking about is Tom is going to bring us a story from Sri Lanka, or maybe even not a story. I'm going to fire a taste of Sri Lanka straight into your ears. I mean, as usual, Sri Lanka is not really a football country, not known for its football it's very much a cricket nature nation like most of south asia i found out it is one of the seven nations that have actually won a cricket world cup so they're actually kind of up there but f- yeah. for some reason their sports ministry named volleyball the national sport mm, don't really okay. get that because there's lots about cricket and rugby and various other things not really about volleyball are they in the commonwealth they they were definitely like a former they were definitely like a colony I don't know if they're in the Commonwealth hang on what the reason I'm asking keep up with that box yeah the reason that I'm asking is because the Commonwealth Games are obviously going to Birmingham soon and I think one of the few things you can still get tickets for is volleyball so I might go along and support Sri Lanka volleyball if if it's worth a go yeah Sri Lanka are in the Commonwealth of Nations yes Yes, so I could go and see them in the flesh. Maybe we just like, maybe we farmed out our volleyball to them. Perhaps. Who knows? Hmm. Anyway, so in terms of football, there are at least five divisions of it. The foremost being the Super League, which had a bit of a troubled start due to COVID. It was due to kick off in 2020, but had to be delayed till 2021. Um, And even then... All 10 clubs played each other exactly once and then sacked it off. So what happened before? Did they just restructure the league? or? Yeah, I think like the best teams from what was the top division had to apply and whatnot. And they had some sort of weird um, pre-season league, which I couldn't find any info about, but apparently it was a farce, yeah. uh, unfortunately. Uh, so the current champions with seven wins, one draw and one loss are Blue Star from Kalutara. And Blue like Star. many of the many of the world's poxiest leagues, there will be no promotion or relegation for the first two seasons. Ugh, it does my head in that. Yeah. yeah. It does say only for the first two seasons, so just yeah. until they get their ass get their asses in gear. Mm. Um I know what because I know what the listeners and what you want. Clubs with amusing names are as follows. Renowned Sports Club. Upcountry Lions. Ooh, Upcountry. Old, mm, 
Old Ben's Sports Club. Old Ben? Old Ben's Sports Club. Is he related to Uncle Ben? Yeah, so that was my first thought as well. He's the older brother. And finally, Solid Sports Club. I, I do like when they use words like solid, renowned. In Africa, they've got all sorts of them. They've got like glorious lions and mm. the greatest FC. I think What's one a meat commission? Well, yeah, another <laughs> great adjective that I use often to describe you. Isn't there one called um, like bravest lads or something? Yeah, there's Heart of Oak. Bravest there Warriors? Are... Heart of Oak, yeah, that's one of the best team names. There is, I think it is just called the Bravest FC. Hmm. So, and eleven ma- eleven men take flight. Uh, this, yeah, is that one. It's something. Yeah, we did look that one up a few years ago, didn't we? Uh, we're walking down memory lane now. Well, when it comes to humorously named clubs, it's hard not to, isn't it? Yeah, I think we're kind of the experts by this point. Yeah. Uh, Moving on, the national team, a.k.a. the Golden Army, are ranked 204th in the world, which doesn't sound great, but they were South Asian champions in 1995 and AFC Challenge Cup runners-up in 2006, losing in the final to Tajikistan, a country I have genuinely never heard of. (laughs) Um, I wonder then... Did they just have a very short-lasting peak for a few years and then since then have just given up on the game until now? Um, I think the thing with the South Asian champions, whatever it is, is it's a bit like the Caribbean Cup um, and there are only five nations in it. So in Uh, the group stage, only one nation leaves. That was Pakistan, if I remember rightly. mm. And then in the final, it was Sri Lanka versus India and like, Again, India is another massive cricket nation. Yeah. So, it's... I don't know. They're the best of a of a bad bunch, really. AFC, AFC runners up, AFC Challenge Cup runners up isn't too bad, isn't too shabby. No, that's what I meant. That's the thing that sort of made me think, wow, actually, that's not bad because that's basically like, you know, England finished <laughs> runners up of the Euros this time around, didn't they? Yeah, I mean it's like the second tier Euros, but still not bad. Mm. I'll give you a I'll give you a taste of the kind of players we're working with. Um, players that English listeners might be familiar with are Dylan De Silva, who is a London-born QPR youth prospect, and Marvin Hamilton, who I believe is also London-born, who has enjoyed a nomadic career with the English non-league system. Um, after being released from Gillingham after 15 appearances. Um, he's a current international at the age of 33, despite playing for Sittingbourne in the Athenian League, which mm. is pretty cool, I'd say. Uh, I wonder if De Silva, the first mm. guy you mentioned, he might be related to a guy who I watched play for like England under-18s a few years ago, and I'm sure he... Is playing in the championship now, so it might be his lesser skilled brother. Huh? Maybe. It, may well, it, it might have even been him, Dylan Da Silva. Dylan Da Silva. Yeah, D E Silva. Oh right, so this one's Da Silva. Ah. Uh, so easy yeah. mistake. Yeah, getting my D and Da mixed up. 
So when we do these um, episodes, we only have a certain amount of time to research. We both have jobs. I have a child, blah, blah, blah. And unfortunately, while researching Sri Lanka, I became somewhat fixated by the weird and wonderful world of the Sunday Observer newspaper, uh, which is a local Sri Lankan newspaper, where a search for the term football yields headlines such as Sri Lanka targets 2 million football players. Warning, dictatorship and politics running Sri Lanka football. Football, most popular in the world, unhealthy in Sri Lanka. Why? (laughs) Disease like coronavirus suffocating football in Sri Lanka. And football, colon, rules. I agree with all of that. So football rules isn't a proclamation of how great football is. It's actually... A testament to how unpopular the sport is in Sri Lanka, and it's exactly what it says on the tin. It's a brief overview of the rules of football, with perhaps some trivial misunderstandings here and there. <laughs> and I, I'm sorry, I kind of need to read you this whole article. <clears throat> so, the rules of football can be complex and vary depending on the level of play. Sure, we will cover some of the basics here, including the field, players, offense, defense, and penalties. The field. The football field is 120 yards long and 53 and a half yards wide. Oh my No more, no less. At each end of the field and 100 yards apart are the goal lines. The additional 10 yards at each end is the end zone. The field is divided up every five yards by a yard line. The middle yard line marker is called the 50-yard line. In parallel to the sidelines are rows of hash marks. The football is always placed on or between the hash marks at the start of each play. Can I just ask, (laughs) can I just check? This newspaper isn't aimed at blind people, is it? I'm I'm wondering if they, like, got someone to look up American football. Because it does... Yeah, like the, the, this is American football because it's got it's got a picture of Liverpool playing Atletico Madrid, but it's, it's American football. Well, football yeah. is a ti- football is a timed sport. The team with the most points at the end of the time period wins the game. The game is divided up into four periods or quarters <laughs> with a long halftime between the second and third quarter. <laughs> Oh my god, I really hope that the league is being played in this way. Oh man, I just thought I thought it was just they just like misunderstood completely, but someone has just Googled American football. That's quality. This is insane because imagine when they qualify for the Champions League, the club teams, they go over there and they're like, Why are the goals at ground level? Yeah, I hope no like young impressionable players read this. That's like slightly less funny and also more funny than I was hoping. It's definitely a misunderstanding. <laughs> As I say, you got Liverpool playing Atletico Madrid on the in the uh, in the article's picture. So moving on from that, Sri Lanka football hit by discontent in discipline. And I will send you a picture on Messenger of the Sri Lankan manager, Naina Mohammed. And we'll tweet this out just because he needs to be looked up. There he is. 
<laughs> That's an angry dude. Do you know what he looks like? He looks like what? he's just—he looks like he's just realised that he's been reading up the wrong rules of football, <laughs> and someone's just told him. Hooliganism in sport is usually associated with spectators who are fiercely loyal and tend to go overboard sometimes when they openly display their allegiance to club or, in some cases, country. <laughs> or, in some cases, get smashed before the match. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is basically a really long and over-the-top article criticising their players because... Um, one of the subs, when they scored, like got up from the bench and ran over and kicked over the corner flag. Just loving life. What's his What's his chops? Gianni Inf- Infantino was there yeah. visiting. Was and um, they've written, even the FIFA president must be wondering what was happening when a reserve player ran through the middle of the pitch to the corner flag to celebrate a goal. The discipline of players on the bench was zero. They were even trying to coach during water breaks perhaps confusing the players on the pitch who are following the coach's plans. I I would love to see all this unfolding, to be fair. Yeah, again, with a lot of the things in this newspaper, I, I just don't know what this means because of the translation. Sri Lanka's foreign... Oh, sorry, my bad. This guy, the guy that I sent you is a former international. The head coach is actually called Amir Alajic. Sri Lanka's foreign head coach, Amir Alajic, seems to have lost the plot by faithfully following the advice of a youngster manning the catapult analysing system to make changes during matches. Uh... I'm not sure what that means. He was seen holding his head in frustration in one match, failing to motivate his players when the chips were down, before jumping with joy more in relief when Sri Lanka scored a goal. That's football. So it kind of, yeah, I mean it is, but I think what they're trying to get, what they're trying to get out, get at is that he's basically not got a clue and he's just letting his players coach. Well, maybe he's more of a personnel man, more of a man motivator than a tactician. Yeah, they're really laying into him here. <laughs> coach does not have an understanding of players in their right positions. He was constantly changing the positions of players. The player who goes in should be better than the one taken out. (laughs) The coach knew even if we won 2-1, we would be in the final. He was holding his head and spinning around. After we scored a goal, he was energised. Even with 10 players, he should motivate and instruct players. We can score a goal any time. Instead, the bench players were seen coaching during injury time and water breaks. I don't really see what the problem is is here. If it's Cristiano Ronaldo, they think it's great. Yeah. Yeah, I I think this is just, again, another... It's an article written by someone who has probably been told, oh, we must include some football this week in the paper. Yeah, this is kind of the problem. Mm. They don't really take it seriously, do they? Apparently, apparently he didn't give any instructions uh, during the penalty shootout, which they lost, and he was just kind of, like, sat away from the players. They have to. The manager has to stay on the touchline. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know about this at all. These are unnecessary digs. Oh, well, I'll end, I'll end things with an article called Oh, for the revival of local football, we pray. Again, completely agree.
When I think of local football, it's almost like a dream come true as the little story about Lawrence Fernando comes to mind. Little Lawrence Fernando from Sri Lanka. <laughs> unknown, to the, un- <laughs> unknown to the present football generation was Lawrence Fernando, the goalkeeper at St. Benedict's College in 1958. Known for his brilliance between the post, he was picked by Sri Lanka to tour Russia. The director of SBC, at that time, Rev Bro Alban Patrick, I assume that's Reverend Brother Alvin Patrick, not Rev Bro Alan pa- Al- Alban pra- Patrick, was a strict disciplinarian and refused Fernando permission to tour because Russia was a communist country. We're going to have to add bleeps in when you say the word Russia. Mm. So talk about Russia. This is a Russia-free zone. Uh, but Fernando's love to tour made him leave SBC, and after the tour of Russia, he joined St. Joseph's College, Dali Road, where he continued his studies and became their number one custodian. I feel um, his trip around Russia has been scurred over here. That's kind of, That would be more interesting. Yeah. In those days, the Josephine Benedictine football encounter was the derby among inter-school football and watching that 1958 encounter between these two locals at Darley Road and the wonderful play by both teams are still vivid in my memory. I'm not... I'm sorry that I'm reading this weird. There is no punctuation. The game was evenly contested with the two goalkeepers, Lawrence Fernando and Vijay Silva, the best among schools in that area that refused to be beaten. When the game was heading for a draw... Striker Denzel Walls of SBC took a kick at goal. Oh, God. When it had goal written on it the way the ball was zooming to hit the net, comma, Fernando made a daring save and saved it to the joy of the Joes and the disappointment of SBC when the final whistle was blown by Mantara, the best and most stylish and respected referee of that time. Stylish. The other referee who had class written all over him was M.T. Fernando. Presumably a different Fernando. <laughs> and then that, that's kind of the end of the story. There is no further mention of Fernando in this rambling article. So, so basically, he saved a goal. Basically, yeah, it, it sounds like a million different non-league games I've been to where mm-hmm. he just turned up, it was nil-nil, and the keeper did all right and made a save. Yeah, but on the other hand, the Sunday Observer has marriage proposals. Well, so let's let's cause it, yeah because this has been a bit of a dry hole. Let's see if we can find a nice wife for you. <laughs> B slash G parents don't know what that means. See educated boy slash girl. <laughs> parents. It probably is. It probably is. Maybe. It's very important that any suitors know that we are a heterosexual family. Mm. Seek educated, dynamic, smart son for 31 years. So you'd be in some sort of 31-year contract there. Well, to be fair, take me to 61. Then again, does the contract start from the marriage? Because I'll be turning 31 soon, so I might be 62. Keep going, keep going. You've got to tell uh, me yet. B one seven six three seven nine does not give any specific details about when the contract will start, but 
they can tell you that they will require a five foot three educated pretty daughter or they are or in possession of a five foot three educated pretty daughter that's unclear reply with details and horoscope to woproposal22 at gmail.com so I'm confused am I am I sending someone over to be a wife or am I getting a wife I think you're sending over a five foot three educated pretty daughter in a stamped addressed envelope uh count me out then okay how about candy buddhist father what no (laughs) what do you mean how about it I don't know you know as much as I know is that just an advert just as that seeking a marriage partner for my friend who lives in usa a divorcee with grown-up son and daughter she's govi slash catholic in her 60s in very good health and well employed looking for a kind educated honest and respectable gentleman from usa or abroad email usa happy life 2022 at outlook.com now that's one i could get behind yeah help me in should we end this? Have you got a joke? Yeah, the Sunday Observer. Good night. <laughs> no, I've got a joke. Hang on. I say, I say, I say, Daz. What do you say? Did you hear about the mummy that was found covered in chocolate and nuts? No. It was a Pharaoh Rocher. Mm. Podcast Network.